Reverend Billy here, preaching for the planet. Come on in and help me, will you? I'm trying so hard. It, 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 it's a message. It, it, I can feel it more than I can say it. I can grok it more than I can be it. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I, I, we're on the edge of it. I think you would just call it loving the earth. That phrase, do we love the earth so much that we, we just take care of each other? I know, that sounds like science fiction. It sounds so strange. We love the earth so much that the drillers and the shooters and the poisoners, they just drop to their knees. They begin to pray and sing. They're overwhelmed by, suddenly they're overwhelmed by love of life. What about that? I'm lost in this science fiction rhapsody. Help me now. I don't know if I'm saying the right thing or not. Love the earth so much, we don't have to die in great numbers anymore. Last spring when we were dying, a thousand people a day here in New York, there was so many of us dying, and then all of a sudden the wildlife started walking up Main Street. We don't have to die anymore for that to happen. We just have the love, and it calls out to them. And the love we feel for the earth makes it possible for us to trust, to relax, to be with strangers. The earth isn't a stranger anymore. What about that? We hand over our dictators to the earth. Here, take this autocrat back into your forest. Teach him something. Oh, I love the earth. It feels so strong in my body. It's streaming out of my fingers. It's a practical thing. It's a hard, accomplishing thing. There's no bull here. There's no lying here. It's fiercely honest. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Anybody? Give me an earth hallelujah. Earth hallelujah. I think we have to go to the music now. I'm becoming overcome. Uh, give me some music. Mother, father, godly mystery. Can you come here and... Teach me when the lowest price says hit me. Walmart will it always reach me, mother, father, God let me strain. I'm praying that you back away from the Walmart, back away, back away from that big box, back away, back away from the Walmart, back away, back away from that big box, back away. It's a union bus and sweat zone. Our neighborhoods are home, yeah. Back away, back away, back away. Judgment day, it burns me. Will your power love and lift me? Oh Lord, sister, brother, sexy mystery. Back away from the Walmart, back away, back away from that big box, back away, 
back away from the Walmart, back away. Back away from that big box, back away. Sign Union Bastards right down. Beautiful song, Stop Shopping Choirs, singing that. Derek McGinty, the soloist. William Moses, the composer. Yes, we have to energize our backup ability. We have to refuse those products from the killer corporations. Just a couple of months ago, Amazon surpassed Walmart as the dirtiest American company. Yes, they come really quickly with the product. The next day, there they are at the door. Low price, fast delivery. But at what cost? When the superstorms, when the starvation, when the disease, when the results of putting a million metric tons of CO2 into the atmosphere every week, Jeff Bezos, when that bill comes due, Jeff is gone with his trillion dollars. (laughs) The big institutions have, not just Amazon, but all of them, they have turned their backs on you and I. They really don't know how to figure what's happening with the earth into their business plans. They just don't know. The earth is our leader. The earth is directing our behavior, what we do every day. Yes, of course, the pandemic, but also the wildfires, also the diseases, the the hurricanes and tornadoes. All of our physical environment is changing now and directing us. The earth is our leader. 
We believe in the Church of Stop Shopping the Earth wants us to consciously enter into a partnership. We are directed by the tragedies to do this and not that, to <laughs> try to survive. The Earth is struggling against extinction. It's called evolution. But if we were consciously involved, we would call it revolution. And that's what it has to be. We haven't known the language of the earth for a couple of centuries since the Industrial Revolution took over. But we can learn. It will just take losing our balance to get our balance. Dealing with the silence and the gibberish and the noise in order to learn the language. Falling and flying from the edge of the cliff in order to go across the landscape into the air, not as CO2, but as loving souls with the earth, it will take doing the impossible. I see peace hit the talking heads like amazing facial tics. I see orangutans debating the mahogany loggers. I got to be surreal sometimes to understand. I see the plain truth rising like a 50s Japanese lizard. I see rec rooms devour Rupert Murdoch in front of his sons. I got to be exorcised sometimes to understand. I see new drug laws that give prosecutors no time to play with. I see the fine print open like a prison door. I got to be impossible sometimes to understand. I got to be surreal. I got to be exorcised. I got to be impossible sometimes to understand. You see, the Starbucks mermaid got her nipples back. You see, fake bohemianism swallowed by your sidewalks. You got to be surreal sometimes to understand. You see the stock exchange paying for itself for once. You see the CEO cannot cash his welfare check. You got to be exorcised sometimes to understand. You see the tourists walk backwards out of their pollution. You see them go home and demand a local paradise. You see, you got to be impossible sometimes to understand. I got to be surreal. I got to be exorcised. I got to be impossible. Impossible sometimes. Sometimes to understand. We see SpongeBob down at the Mall of America. We see the battle of the disastrous religions. We got to be surreal sometimes to understand. We see the Pentagon wake up from its video game. We see the whistling shrapnel. It's not pixelated, nope. We got to be exorcised sometimes to understand. We see the teleprompter loves the president like a praying mantis. We see the Oval Office hatching 
white rhinoceroses. We got to be, we got to be impossible sometimes, sometimes to understand. We got to be surreal. We got to be exercised. We got to be impossible sometimes. Impossible to understand. To understand. To understand. Reverend Billy Radio preaching for the planet. You know, in my first little sermon there before the music at the beginning of the show, we we talked about the drillers and the shooters falling to their knees and praying. Praying and singing for the earth. Well, now that is the greatest obstacle to realistically coming to the earth and doing something about climate change, something about extinction, something about these things that we cause that end up being so hurtful. Superstorms, racism, wildfires, the pandemic, mistreating women, the violence, the violence, the violence that is here comes from not loving the earth. The way to stop the violence is for somehow to get loving the earth to us, bringing it in from beyond the pavement, beyond the Silicon Valley fast information, bringing it in from beyond the eternal shopping of Amazon and the permanent wars that we have going on around the world. How do we bring that love of the earth from sometimes it seems so far away? How can we drop to our knees and pray? How can we rise to the evening sky, to the music in the trees, to the flocks of birds flying by the stars? How can we shout, oh, earth hallelujah, earth hallelujah, earth hallelujah, come into me now. I can feel you in the quiet. I can feel you coming through the violence. You're able to get through, aren't you? Come to us. Be in our children. Come into our souls. We know that we can be peaceful again. We know that is America. That is freedom. That is democracy. love hallelujah. Hello, welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. Conservationists and community leaders in the spectacular Okavango wilderness region of Namibia and Botswana are raising alarms over oil and gas exploration and potential production that they fear would threaten the water resources of thousands of people and endangered wildlife. Recon Africa, a petroleum exploration company headquartered in Canada, has licensed more than 13,000 square miles of land in the two countries. The Kavango Basin is larger than the country of Belgium. And Recon Africa says it could hold up to 31 billion barrels of crude oil, more than the United States would use in four years. It's possibly the world's largest oil play of the decade. If Recon Africa finds oil, then the ultimate goal is to drill hundreds of wells in the area and open at least some of them using modern frack stimulations. It takes about 1.5 million gallons of water to frack a single oil and gas well. 
The Okavango region is home to the largest herd of African elephants left on Earth and myriad other animals. African wild dogs, lions, leopards, giraffes, amphibians and reptiles, birds, and rare flora. The buildings around us create one-third of global greenhouse gas emissions. That is about 10 times more than air traffic worldwide. In Europe alone, about 190 million square meters of housing space are built each year, mainly in the cities, and the amount is growing quickly at the rate of nearly 1% a year. A recent study by researchers at the Finnish Environment Institute shows that shifting to wood as a building construction material would significantly reduce the environmental impact of building construction. The results show that if 80% of new residential buildings in Europe were made of wood, and wood were used in the structures, cladding, surfaces, and furnishings of houses, altogether the buildings would store 55 million tons of carbon dioxide a year. That is equivalent to about half of the annual emissions of Europe's cement industry. The CDC published its guidance recommending that restaurants use disposable dishware in May, but it is becoming clear that use of disposable plastic is mostly just hygiene theater and makes almost no difference in transmission rates. The threat from growing plastic pollution is far greater. Extrapolating from pre-pandemic studies of California restaurants, a mid-sized restaurant with 30 seats went through 17,000 disposable cups and utensils in a year. Multiply that by 520,000 the number of U.S. restaurants that survived the COVID-19 shutdowns, and it means more than 9 billion pieces of trash in one year. Bursting landfills are only one problem. The uptick in plastic restaurant waste will be felt in black and brown communities, as most cities tend to route garbage trucks through these neighborhoods, adding more diesel fumes to already high levels of air pollution. Donald Schaffner, a Rutgers University food scientist who specializes in microbial risks, says that catching the virus from reusable dishes at a restaurant is theoretically possible, but highly unlikely. Fuel consumption by ships plying Arctic waters grew by 82% in recent years. 10% of the ships in the Arctic used heavy fuel oil, also often referred to as bunker oil a thick, viscous residual fuel that produces high amounts of soot, particulate matter, and black carbon. The use of bunker oil in the Arctic is highly controversial because its consistency would make cleanup after a potential spill extremely complex in the region, according to numerous reports as well as Arctic indigenous organizations. Artificial light should be treated like other forms of pollution because its impact on the natural world has widened to the point of systemic disruption. Human illumination of the planet is growing in range and intensity by about 2% a year, creating a problem that can be compared to climate change, according to a team of biologists from the University of Exeter. Hormone levels, breeding cycles, activity patterns, and vulnerability to predators are being affected across a broad range of species, they write, in the journal Nature, Ecology, and Evolution. What stands out is how pervasive the effects are. The effects were found everywhere. Microbes, invertebrates, animals, and plants, said the lead author Kevin Gaston. We need to start thinking about lighting in the way we think of other big systemic pressures like climate change. In 2019, 476,000 infants worldwide died in their first month of life from health effects associated with air pollution exposure. 
although most of these deaths were in low-income countries where families must use coal or wood for heating and cooking, air pollution was a factor in 521 deaths of newborns in the United States. While the biological reasons for the linkage between air pollution and adverse birth outcomes are not fully known, it is thought that air pollution may affect a pregnant woman, her developing fetus, or both in ways analogous to tobacco smoking, which is a well-known risk factor for low birth weight and preterm birth. Australian scientists have discovered a 500-meter-tall coral reef in the Great Barrier Reef. Scientists discovered the massive detached reef in the Great Barrier Reef, measuring more than 500 meters high, taller than the Empire State Building. Malaria parasites adapt to survive the dry season, and the main parasite that causes malaria can alter its gene expression to survive undetected in the human bloodstream. As of November 3rd, the United States has left the Paris Climate Agreement. The U.S. is the world's largest economy and the second largest emitter of carbon. Researchers recently rediscovered the Volskow's chameleon in an untamed hotel garden in northwestern Madagascar after the species was lost for more than 100 years. The female chameleons were found to change color and pattern when interacting with males or when being handled by humans. The Volskow's chameleon is one of global wildlife conservation's 25 most wanted lost species. Six species on the list have already been found, including a Somali sengi that was spotted last year in Djibouti after being lost for more than 50 years. Others, such as the bullneck seahorse, the Wandiwai tree kangaroo, and the sinew parakeet have yet to be rediscovered. And now, the sounds of extinction. Forest elephants are an elusive subspecies of African elephants and inhabit the densely wooded rainforests of West and Central Africa. Forest elephants are smaller than savanna elephants. Their ears are more oval-shaped and their tusks are straighter and point downward. Forest elephants are found most commonly in countries with relatively large blocks of dense forest. Gabon, the DRC, Cameroon, the Central African Republic, Cote d'Ivoire, Liberia, and Ghana. The African forest elephant lives in family groups, usually between three and eight individuals. Groups of up to 20 individuals have been observed. On average, they begin breeding at the age of 23 and give birth every five to six years. Their young nurse to the age of four or five. Family members look after calves together, called aloe mothering. The African forest elephant is an herbivore. They eat mostly tree bark and leaves and at least 72 different fruits. To supplement their diet with minerals, they congregate at mineral-rich waterholes and mineral licks. Seeds passed by the elephant gut germinate faster. The African forest elephant is one of the most effective seed dispersers in the tropics and has been referred to as the mega gardener of the forest due to its significant role in maintaining plant diversity. The forest elephant is threatened by habitat fragmentation, poaching, and the bushmeat trade. Climate change appears to be disrupting the yield of fruit trees, a critical food source for many large mammals in Central Africa. The changes are drastic. Where 30 years ago an elephant would have found ripe fruits on almost one in every 10 trees, today, it needs to search more than 50 trees.
and hear the sound of the African forest elephant. Reverend Billy Radio, preaching for the planet. I'm in a conversation with Sundar Ashni. Ashni is the daughter of Cynthia and Alan. She's a daughter of the earth. She comes to us from a swirling healing community called Minka. She's a member of the Church of Stop Shopping Singers. Thank you for being with us. Ashneen, we are concerned today in our Earth Church service here with the relationship of the healing of the Earth and the potential to be with the Earth in changing people, the institutions of people. I know that you've talked about Octavia Butler, and Octavia Butler says that God is changed. And I feel like, you know, we're in the season right now of change, and we're seeing this transition from fall to winter. And in that transition, we're also going in the next stage of our transition or evolution that has been taking place this year. The nature of life has changed. And somehow, humanity has been in a little bit of a rut where we maybe resisted a little bit that reality that things must change, that life has its cycles, life and and death is part of that cycle, which means that We live, we learn, we grow, but we also need to surrender, let go, and listen. And Mm. in our current culture, I would say it's particularly in the city. I grew up in um, Brooklyn. My parents are from the island. So I feel like I have a very interesting intersection of experience because I grew up in this really hectic, bustling city. But my mom actually grew up on an island where she would bathe in the stream. But for whatever reason, I remember when I moved to Costa Rica, she was like, why would you want to go back to the jungle? And I asked her, well, why did you want to come here? Even though my mom was embracing change, she entered into a culture that has some sort of passive resistance to it and is sort of set on things staying in a very specific and what feels like to me, dead way of living. Your mother, Cynthia, was bathing in the stream and, and you're next to a stream there we can hear it <laughs> i'm glad that, this is race brook in the virtues i've got prospect park on my window here i'm a person who goes out there into the old growth i feel the myriad of miracles swirling around me and sometimes i carry the monoculture with me to the rich ecosystem i that little walmart of identical details that it's my, my modern personality. And that thing that you just said about 
keeping everything in order and clean and identical and not changing. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I carry that in there. Mm -hmm. And it, oftentimes, the reason I carry it in there is because I want to change so much. I want to change <laughs> the earth so much. I want to change my community. I want to change this city and the violent cops, uh, the fossil fuel, and, and I carry it into the forest and I'll spend an hour there and I'll come back out and I will have carried my Walmart the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like you're carrying it in to be purified and cleansed in a way because you said that I feel like nature is very orderly. I'm sitting by this stream and there is a natural order. I go into the forest and I don't think that this is a dirty place. This is the most sacred, pure, clear place that I could ever enter into. And so when I come from the city, I also bring the city with me because that's where I was raised. It's in my cells. It's in my DNA. Growing up in that way, even though I have my roots are in St. Vincent, I grew up in Brooklyn. I grew up in a society that was gearing me or orienting me towards monoculture towards being like everything else, being like everyone else, which is what my, you know, my mom, bless her, she wanted that for me. She wanted me to fit into this. And somehow I just didn't because I feel that in addition to um, being born and rooted in New York, I have the island in my cells and in my DNA. Mm -hmm. I have a knowing that there is something that's bigger and greater than this monoculture that's bigger than the city and that's bigger than what humans can create or even understand and I marvel at that every day that life is so it's so complex and so simple and that as long as I'm living there will be things that I don't understand and that's a blessing the it's fabulous not, unknown yes and so I definitely hear you with that Billy of like the importance also of carrying these places with us into these sacred sanctuaries that exist within nature. Because as I walk into the forest from Brooklyn, I carry water with me. So if I'm carrying my water from my tap in Brooklyn and I'm offering it to the stream, because water is so intelligent, my water from Brooklyn will communicate with the water from this stream. They'll have a conversation and they will be able to heal each other. The prayers that I do or that I carry or that I anchor in Brooklyn, the meditations, the rituals, when I have my water with me, the water absorbs that. And when I link that with the water here, they have a conversation. So I think we need to remember that we're in constant communication and conversation with nature. And this pandemic time is actually, I feel, inviting us to, to be in deeper conversation. And it's not like a verbal mindy one. I feel like the earth is communicating through showing us things. That's the way she's communicating. She's not talking about it. She's showing us through our own actions, through the actions of others, through movements in weather cycles and climate patterns and things melting and, and waters rising. She's communicating something to us. So I feel like this is an opportunity for us to be in deeper conversation with the earth. Oh, thank you. That's good preaching. <laughs> well, now, just the other day, you're up in the Berkshires now, but just a week ago, you were here with us, and we were surrounded by the Policeman's Benevolent Association. Yes, we were. It is known for hurting, murdering people of color, in particular, in here in New York City, and covering it up, protecting it legally, mm -hmm. protecting the press, mm -hmm. lying about it. 
And like what you just were talking about, I had the image of intelligent water. We had flower shields and we were all in drag and chiffon ball gowns. And those face shields with like neon visors. Yes, we had Kubrickian 2001 uh, face helmets. <laughs> and <laughs> and uh, they were standing there in a very ranch way with their perfect ironed uniforms and their shiny brimmed hats. But I had this image that we were water, we were an ecosystem, we were birds, we were animals. I thought I saw one or two of them smile once in a while, because mm. we were just like the carnival. Mm. There were about 70 of us. There were more of them than there were of us. Mm -hmm. I feel like the power of that, as we're connecting to water, when you were talking about we were expanding all the time, we were 70 and they were more, but like the potency of what we did through showing up in these dresses, wearing these visors with these shields. It's sort of like letting them see themselves in a little bit more amplified way. Like we had talked about this, stepping into this field and shaking things up in a way so that we stop normalizing this deadening of ourselves and our cells and our nerves and our feelings and our mm. thoughts. Deadening ourselves so much to the point that we, we don't even think to question when someone like Pat Lynch, after someone has a foot on the neck of someone and they die the next week, to then try to repeal a law that would prevent that from happening again. So I feel like what we were doing was really like the water, lifting up our voices raising our energy like the water so that we can sort of have some sort of overflow so that we could touch something in them even if it's like a tiny little smirk and maybe they think that smirk is sort of like looking down on us but it's the understanding i feel of like the ridiculousness of the stance that they're taking we were talking about how they had these new like bike cops and the bike cops had these like darth vader yes. suit armor exoskeletal yeah yeah, like skeletal, skeletal kind of thing. What are you protecting yourself against? Life. Apparently, gyrating, drum-driven, <laughs> drag queen, multiracial, multi-gender clouds of beings. Multi-dimensional beings that have come to say that we value life, that we want to live as long as we're here, that we're not happy anymore doing jobs that we don't love. And maybe, you know, stepping out in that way will give folks the inspiration if these people who are living in a way that they don't want to live, in a way that's dead, in a way that isn't in alignment to their values, that maybe seeing our outlandish shields and dresses and visors will have them like double take. Double take at us first and then maybe take a double take at their own lives. The earth is calling out to the earth. They have the earth in them. Despite their uniforms, <laughs> which yeah. seem to be like they're wearing Walmarts, you know, they're wearing something that isn't going to move. But uh, there's joy and motion and humor and sex and all the things of the natural world there right in front of them. Yeah. And going into them, it's got to be connecting with the earth in them. That's how the healing becomes the forcing, I believe. Mm -hmm. And it's been made so clear today by you. Ashni, I'm, I'm so grateful for this interview. Let's live Earth again. Earthaluya. Earthaluya. Lifealuya. 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 Soldiers, police people. Lifealuya. Amen. 
Amen. All right. A woman, Ashe. Ashe. Bye now. Reverend Billy Radio, preaching for the planet. It's time for the letter of the week. And this time, our correspondence is from Tiffany from Westchester, New York. Tiffany writes, Dear Reverend, you talk about the love of the earth like it's real politics. Will the love of the earth save us from the gangsters that run this country? They're racists. They terrorize communities of black and brown people. And they'll do anything they can, including violence, to keep their profits coming from the fossil fuel industry. They are killers. Are you being realistic? Signed, Tiffany. Yes, we are being realistic. What we're doing with the love of the earth is working. Let me tell you a story, Tiffany. We uh, went to Standing Rock in 2017. And we got up at dawn. And we stood there. About 15 people from the Stop Shopping Choir. And we held hands and sang songs at the invitation of the local elders. We sang our native songs to water. The water protectors invited us to have our own soulful water rituals. And people from all over the world, from every continent, I don't know how many hundreds of tribes represented there. Well, we sang. We had our water songs from our activism against pipelines. We spoke to our ancestors. And for some of us, this was hard to do. Being divorced from the earth the way we are for centuries by the Industrial Revolution and by, well, just the many cultural manifestations of the colonizing imperialism that raised us. But we were holding hands with people from all over the world who knew how to do it, and they taught us, and they, were, they had the faith, and, and their voices filled the air. And we, we got it. We got it. Very powerful. Very powerful. And then a year later, back in New York, the Cooper Union, some of you know where that is, it's in the village and it's where Abraham Lincoln famously gave his address that propelled him to the presidency these many years ago. And the Cooper Union was where the shareholders of Citibank, the managing bank that gathered the billions of dollars from 23 other banks and many wealthy people, including Donald Trump, to invest in the Dakota Access Pipeline, uh, the Standing Rock Pipeline. Well, they were having a big convention there. LaDonna Brave Bull Allard, we helped sneak her into past the security who were just sort of, were they on our side? I don't know. They let it happen. And we sang and kind of covered for her. And she got in there and took the microphone and the young Lakota Sioux and Mandan, the dancers, they took the stage and those stockholders of this destructive pipeline, they just had to sit there and they got a lesson. They were listening to LaDonna and they, she is our teacher. She's a great political speaker 
and her words do not just affect the black snake of the Dakota Access Pipeline, which is now stopped, the Atlantic Coast Pipeline and the, and the uh, New York State stopped the fracking pipelines coming in from Pennsylvania. And the, the, the big one that goes all the way from Canada to, or was supposed to go from Canada all the way down to the Texas refineries, the Keystone XL, all the pipelines are basically being stopped by communities, by people. It's not just wealth. The press emphasizes the legal aspects, the judges making rulings, all the way up to the Supreme Court, supposedly conservative Supreme Court. The cultural power of the earth that we feel from LaDonna Allard, but also from the superstorms and, and the wildfires and the way that the earth is expressing herself. This is coming into people. It's coming into our bodies, into our what we say to each other. And what I'm, I feel it's in me right now as I talk to this microphone. It's real. It's real. It's not just some kind of light and fluffy thing. It's, it's real. It's the earth speaking. It's the ancestors that we sang to that day, those mornings in North Dakota. Earthalluia, yes, changealluia and lovealluia. Bless you, Tiffany, in, in your struggle. I know up near Westchester, the Spectra pipeline was coming under the river right there. I know that you have your, your showdown. Bless you. And people write to us at revbilly.com, R-E-V, Victor, B. I-L-L-Y, revbilly.com, and we will talk to, we try to talk to all of you, and some of you we select to help move the message to larger numbers of people here on the Reverend Billy show. So on behalf of the Church of Stop Shopping, our political singing group here in New York, on behalf of all the people that contribute to this the producer, Jason Candler, when you hear a jazz combo there working with me, Brendan Burke is on drums, Jason's on the saxophone. Uh, of course, the singers of the Stop Shopping Choir, Savitri D, the voice of the news from the natural world, and of course, Ashni. Thank you so much for being our, our interview subject this week. <laughs> You're not a subject. <laughs> You're a flying soul in the earth, Ashdi. We thank Neil Young and the, the community from the Neil Young Archives. Your community has contributed to the safety and the well-being of the people in struggling against the encroachment of fossil fuel in the native lands. Thank you for your activism. Thank you to the Pantheon Podcast for distributing us to the podcast networks. How many people to thank here. We're full of gratitude. Most of all, we thank the earth. Earth-a-lo-ya. earth Be back next week. <laughs> <laughs>